Coming up on today's message with Pastor John. We have been able to say good morning for a very long time, but the one that kept you from danger seen and unseen was God. You may have as many letters behind your name as there are in the alphabet, but the one that gave you that wisdom is God. You may have thought you got yourself into a little position. You may have thought you got yourself protected. You may have thought that you have been through some things, but understand the one that really kept you was God. Amen. Let's get into the word today. Uh, today's uh, message will come from the gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. I'm going to be reading verses uh, 24 through 35. Again, that's the gospel according to John, the sixth chapter, verses 24 through 35. I am reading from the New International Version of God's Word. Let's uh, see what the Word of God has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you. We thank you for an opportunity to gather and study in your word, Lord God. Lord God, let every word that I speak to your people and every thought that I think while I'm speaking your word to your people be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross. If there is anything in us that is not like you, 
burn it all out of us, Lord God. We ask for forgiveness right now and repent and turn away from them. Allow this word to be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, For the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about soul food. Soul food. I love soul food. I, I love the taste. I love the feeling I get when I eat it. I love the rich history of the food because I know that soul food came from a people who did not have a lot of time nor the best ingredients. So they had to improvise to make the food tasty. Um, Now that I know a little more about healthy eating because I'm older, I understand that I don't need to eat as much soul food as I used to. Uh, I understand that soul food tastes as good as it does because it has a lot of sugar and salt and fat and starch in it. Uh, Not very nutritious. However, there are still some times where I'm going to have some soul food, uh, some fried chicken, some oxtails, uh, some black eyed peas, some cornbread, some collard greens. I still like it because I have a bit of an emotional attachment to it. Uh, I have an emotional attachment to other foods as well. I love steak. And I I don't love watermelon so much. My mother tells me that uh, when she was pregnant with me that she ate a whole lot of steak and a whole lot of watermelon. And I love to eat steak, but I got tired of looking at watermelon. Perhaps when you see it in the house every day from the moment it became in season, to the moment it wasn't in season anymore, a brand new watermelon every day, uh, having to go pick them out. I know how to pick them out. I know how it should feel when you squeeze it. I know what the stem needs to look like. I know how it needs to sound when you knock on it. I can pick a good watermelon. But I got so tired of looking at watermelon that I don't eat it anymore. But there's an emotional attachment, sometimes good, and sometimes bad to food. I'm sure we all have some food that we can think of that our mamas or our grandmoms or our mothers or I mean our fathers or our grandfathers made that takes us back to a time that we enjoy. The food brings back memories. The food nourishes our souls. We see uh, some soul food being put to work here in the text. Uh, We find Jesus uh, here in a passage of scripture. This is right after he has fed more than 5,000 men, not counting the women and children, and has walked on water in the gospel according to John. And now Jesus and the disciples are no longer around the crowd anymore. They've both gone away and the public starts to look for Jesus and they don't just look for Jesus 
They get in their boats and search for them. I commend the group for this, at least this part, because they took action. The crowd saw that the man of God and the men of God have moved on, and so they went to search with, for them. The man of God moved, so they moved. The disciples moved, so the crowd moved. Do we search for Jesus? Do we go looking for the men or women of God when they have moved on? Do we even go looking for the people that we want to fill our pews and our church seats? Or do we just sit around and wait for them to come to us? Do we expect people to show up on our terms? Or when the situation has changed, do we move with that situation? I commend the public. I commend the crowd for at least this, because they had enough action, enough foresight, enough uh, 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 initiative to that when they saw that things had changed, they moved with them. But even in moving with them, there are a few things that I, I noticed in the text that I want to bring to our attention uh, that could be improved upon. Uh, there, are the, there are some things that I, I see happen, and I'll, I'll take my seat afterwards. Uh, but first thing I noticed about the crowd uh, when they were trying to find this soul food, if you will, is that their motives were not pure. Uh, their motives were impure. Uh, the crowd of people found Jesus, but when they found him, they asked him a question. Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus saw right through that. Jesus knew that the people's motives were impure. They claimed to be coming for the teaching. That's why they called him rabbi. Uh, but Jesus said, "Nah, you didn't come for the teaching. You came for the bread. Uh, the crowd was attracted to Jesus, but not for the right reasons. I've read about missionaries running into this type of issue abroad. The missionaries would go to an impoverished area uh, 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 to teach the people that lived in that area about Jesus. They'd go to these countries uh, and, and the people would be converted. They'd be baptized. They would join the church and remain active members of the church as long as their physical needs were met through the congregation's generosity. But once their life situation had improved, once their prospects got better and their families no longer needed the food, uh, they drifted away from the church. Uh, and there was one place where they were giving out rice uh, to people that needed the help and, and, and they called them rice Christians uh, because once they got their fill of rice and no longer needed the church, the church didn't see them anymore. Uh, there is also a place where they were going in, in, in East Germany and, and Romania where the people were giving the people courage and, and the pastors were there speaking truth to power and, and speaking out against communist regimes and the people came to cheer the church on and support the church 
uh, in its opposition to the communist and authoritarian state. But once the people were freed, and once Romania and East Germany were no longer under the heel of the Soviet boot and local dictators, the crowds weren't there anymore. And the churches began to look straggling and abandoned before, uh, as they had before these people were free. Everybody wanted the church to do for them, but once the church did for them, they were no longer important. But you don't have to go on a foreign mission trip to see that kind of behavior. You don't you don't have to. We, we can see that behavior here in the United States in our churches. Ha <laughs> ha. Are you on a particular board or committee to do the work or do you just want the title and the control? Uh, Are you following a call that God has placed on your life or do you just want to be on stage and be seen? Are you here to minister to the people or do you just want a paycheck. These people saw Jesus turn two fish and five loaves of bread into something that could feed thousands. And so they wanted some more of that. But Jesus saw through it. He said, you didn't come here for the walking on the water or the, the, the multiplying. You came because you got full off that bread. Where are your motives? And the second thing that I noticed about the crowd uh, that, that, that needed to be addressed is their motives were impure. But the second thing was the people misunderstood the work. In the text, Jesus told them not to work for food that perishes, but to work for food that brings eternal life. Uh, there's a there's a play on words culturally in the text going on right here. Uh, rabbis used to refer to the law as bread. Bread had a lot of meaning, just like bread has a lot of meanings now in English. We could be talking about money. Where's my bread? You could be talking about uh, comparing it to something. Oh, somebody thinks that they're the best thing since sliced bread the same way as there and so they talked about this and Jesus told them uh, not to work for food that perishes but to work for something that brings eternal life because the crowd was thinking about the law and the type of labor where one gets something in return for their labor I showed up and I did what you told me to do now you got to pay me where is my money But what Jesus was talking about was belief. The work that needed to be done was to believe. Time and time again in the Bible, when Jesus would perform a miracle, he asked the people that needed that miracle, do you believe? There will be times in the text where Jesus could only do a little bit. And not be able to heal as many people as he could have. And every time it was because the people lacked faith. 
Jesus wants to know, do you believe? It's not about sitting on some boards. It's not about being in front of the people. Do you believe? It's not about having the title and the control and the sign. Do you believe? Do you believe Jesus is a doctor in the sick room? Do you believe Jesus is a lawyer in the courtroom? Do you believe Jesus is friend to the friendless? Do you believe Jesus is hope for the hopeless? Do you believe he can be a mother to the motherless? Do you believe he can be a father to the fatherless? Do you believe he can cure you of your disease? Do you believe that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or imagine? Do you believe that Jesus can make a way out of no way? That's what Jesus wants to know. Do you believe? The crowd is talking about the work as if it's a performance for the job. But do you believe? And so their motives were impure. And they misunderstood the work. The last thing I noticed about the crowd is that they misapplied the manna. The people are starting to get it but not quite yet. Jesus has walked on water. Jesus has fed the multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread. But the next question they ask, having experienced that, having had a what have you done for me lately, dun, 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 moment, what else you got for me, Jesus? They still want more. They ate the food. They missed him walking on water, but they still ate the food. But they still want more. Misapplied the manna. And not only that, it is the crowd that says uh, our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. Jesus gets one thing clear for them, that uh, when the text says that, that he, uh, he, he, he says that uh, on verse 31 that our ancestors gave us manna in the wilderness as it is written. They quote in scripture, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus wants to get one thing clear. That he that is referred to in the text is not Moses, but God. Moses did not give them the manna. God did. Understand that God provided the means for the Israelites to survive years and years in the wilderness. It was God that gave them food when their supplies ran out. It was God that kept the Israelites fed when no one else was able to do it. Jesus lets them know that while Moses was a great prophet, the power to keep the people fed in the wilderness came from God. You may have been able to say good morning for a very long time, but the one that kept you from danger seen and unseen was God. You may have as many letters behind your name as there are in the alphabet, but the one that gave you that wisdom is God. You may have thought you got yourself into a little position. You may have thought you got yourself protected. You may have thought that you have been through some things, but understand 
understand the one that really kept you was God. The manna came from God. The bread came from God. And now Jesus lets them know we don't need manna anymore. He is the bread of life. Jesus lets them know with the first I am statement of seven that will be in the gospel according to John. I am the bread of life. Food that is going to make you feel good and not only make you feel good. This is food that is going to save your soul. This is the real soul food here. Jesus provides a bread that makes sure you'll never be hungry again. Jesus provides a drink that makes sure you'll never thirst Again, it's going to save your soul. The Bible says that God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Moses was the first redeemer. He got the people out of bondage. He got the people out of uh, out of Egypt. But Jesus is the final redeemer. He's the one that will protect you from death, hell and the grave. He's the one that will protect you from the penalty, the power and the presence of sin. With Moses, the people got manna, but that manna only lasted one day. With Jesus, you get a supernatural bread that will feed you for all eternity Jesus has given us soul food that will provide forgiveness for our sins and new life in the kingdom of God the bread of life is food for our soul but not only that when you get to a good restaurant and you enjoy what you ate at that restaurant what do you do you go and tell somebody else about it you go share that restaurant with somebody else so this bread of life is not only the food that we have to eat, but it is food for us to share with others. Why don't you go out and give somebody else some soul food to eat with you? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. There is none like you. You are the bread of life. You are the bishop of souls. You are the one who was and is and is to come. And we thank you for your word, Lord God. And we speak a blessing over those who hear it, Lord God. Touch them right now in the name of Jesus. Let them know that you are bread that they can eat and never hunger again, that you are a drink that will cause them to never thirst again and give them forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Let your Holy Spirit do a work upon all those and let your Holy Spirit return the harvest that you so deem in your will, Lord God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or imagine, It is in that name that we submit this prayer. Jesus the Christ, our Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.